What's up, what's up, bitches? Welcome back to another episode of Positively Uncensored, your favorite reality TV and interview podcast. This episode, I am sitting here solo and getting ready to dive into all that has been the last three episodes of Love Island. I decided I'm going to go ahead and do them in blocks rather than recording after every single episode, which would give us 40 episodes or more just on Love Island. So I'm going to do them about two to three at a time, give my recap. I want to start by talking about the fact that Barbie has officially come out. We've seen promo for what feels like months. It seems like we've seen so many different previews. And all in all, what I've heard is excellent feedback. I think that the overall theme of Barbie was kind of kept under wraps as we saw previews. I don't think I anticipated hearing about how deep, um, you know, the actual theme and message of Barbie gets. But I heard that it's a lot of women empowerment. I heard a lot of bashing the patriarchy and the construct of the patriarchy. So I'm really excited to see it. I saw a post from Lights Camera Barstool that said $155 million was what Barbie sold for opening weekend against Oppenheim, which was $81 million. So almost completely double for the opening of Barbie. Let's go, ladies. We're out in droves. This is one of the first movies that I'm considering seeing solo. I typically don't do stuff like that. Um, I kind of have anxiety. I typically, you know, like to do things in groups. But being that this is a female empowerment movie, um, you know, it seems like the girls are just going out in support. And I think that I might do that. If anybody listening has already seen Barbie, expect a recap soon. Because once I see it, I'm definitely going to give my thoughts, you know, after seeing the movie and what I thought the main points are. So... If you don't already have plans to see Barbie, see it. It's supposed to be better than expected. I'm super excited to see it. And I just love the overall message of female empowerment, especially after getting off of watching The Idol recently, which was a symbol of female disempowerment. Let's go for a happier and brighter message. Before I get into recapping the latest episodes of Love Island US, I have to talk about some of the news and, you know, the disappointing news in particular that's been coming to the surface for Love Island. Now, taking it over to Love Island US for a second, because this is relevant, Love Island, the franchise itself, has a history of racism. The season that I did watch of Love Island had Yawande on it, who was awesome. She was a black woman who was treated unfairly the entire season. And a classic example of that was Lucy's reaction to her asking her to just learn her name, learn how to pronounce her name. Um, And Lucy requested instead to give Yawande an easier name that's for easier for her to pronounce um, and a nickname that she did not ask for and was uninvited. So we saw this directly play out right before our eyes on television and Yawande addressed this after the season was over and advocated for herself and spoke up for herself on the fact that your name is your identity 
It represents who you are as a person. It represents your parents' intentions for naming you. It represents a lot of times your culture, your culture and your heritage. It gives us information into your background. Like our name, unless shortened by the person whose name it is, unless they shorten the name themselves, there's no reason to offer somebody a nickname for them. It's always, always offensive. Even if you meet someone and they say, you know, my name is um, my name is Portia or my name is Roberta, and you say, okay, I'm going to call you R. No, you know, that's offensive. Or my name's Leah. Okay, I'm going to call you Lily. No, I don't, like, that's not my name. My name is Leah. However somebody um, introduces themselves is how they should be referred to. And if it's too hard for you to say, then just learn how to say it. There's no name that should be too hard to say when someone lets you know that that's what they intend to be called and that what they would like to be called by. So anyways, we saw this on Love Island UK and new producers, Alex Rinks and let's get the name right on this, Jasmine Crestwell, they were brought on to Love Island US to try to repair season five in hopes of getting ratings higher than they usually are, which let's just say is partially because Sarah Hyland's the host and she sucks. Regardless, these new producers are brought on to, you know, get the ratings up and essentially, my bad, I misspoke. They were brought on for season four. So they were brought on for season four to get the ratings up and they came forward to lodge complaints of racism and production not treating the women of color on that season the same as the rest of the contestants, specifically Serenity Spring. So they came to the board trying to air these grievances, and I'm going to get into you know all of it in a second from this article on Decider.com. But they try to air grievances to try to make things right and try to make things and advocate for the women that are being treated unfairly. Instead of hearing these grievances out, they were fired after the what they felt to be like a sham of a meeting anyways that they had where none of their complaints were heard. So anyways, ex-producers that were fired for airing grievances have officially released statements regarding what they saw happen for season four and let's get into it i can't talk about love island without talking about stuff that's happening right now and this is important and i want to point out too that both alex rink and jasmine crestwell are both white producers so it's refreshing for a moment i don't want to give you know props for no reason because you don't deserve extra props just because you have privilege and you're using it to, to speak up for those who don't. But it is refreshing to see because a lot of times white producers are not doing this. So thank you for doing the right thing. Thank you for speaking up on this. Let's get into it. So... The complaint filed by Crestwell and Rink said that producers pressured female islanders to engage in sexual relationships without regard for their personal preferences or genuine consent. In other words, flippant with the concept of sexual consent. 
This means that there was coercion happen happening during season four. When you have someone whispering in your ear and encouraging you to have sex with someone and throwing away all of the red flags that you may normally have and all of the apprehensions that you may normally have, potentially even add in alcohol to encourage this behavior, um, you are coercing someone into sexual behavior. So I don't see it any other way in my perspective. The article continues. The filing also stated that producers openly commented on video feeds of female islanders showering and having sex, creating a deeply uncomfortable work environment for the women on set. So this means that the women who are working on a set, working in production, working in that editing room, as they're editing down this footage, some of this footage happens to be a constant monitoring of women and men in the shower. The women's bodies, however, are the ones being commented on, degraded on, um, talked about. I can't imagine the security level that you would have to have in this room, and I mean physical security standing there, to make sure that these images of these women are not being captured to be used for personal gain, whether it's just for uh, personal use or whether it's to exploit them later on. This, this is so unnecessary. And I've always thought this watching Love Island, we don't need the shower scenes. I always thought it was odd to even have a camera in the bathroom because although we don't see them like use the toilet there's still a camera right outside there and I I can't imagine feeling comfortable with someone monitoring me all of the time I've never thought that that was appropriate to make the women on set feel comfortable uncomfortable while the men on set are commenting on other women's bodies and being sexual and sexualizing them We've heard the phrase locker room talked about, um, and it's probably what was happening here, which is derogatory speak about women, sexualizing them without their consent. And I can't imagine how disappointing this was to find out for all of the contestants afterwards. It doesn't really matter what season you're on. To then learn that you were being objectified during your season is unsettling. According to the lawsuit, Serenity Springs, one of the Islanders from season four, who was one of the few women of color on the show, was reportedly treated differently than her fellow contestants. Although Crestwell complained this, executive producer Sophie Bush supposedly denied her reasoning and responded as follows. We are protecting her because we know none of the boys on the show like her, and we would hate to see her get rejected racist. The top executive producer is racist with the belief that no, none of the men in that villa are capable of liking a black woman. Additionally, the executive of the producer of the show would allow casting to put people on there who have no interest in dating other women outside of their race. I, I can't I can't magnify how important this is, that the executive producer's response to this is the boys on this show don't like her. We would hate to see her get rejected. Immediately fire this executive producer. Fire her. She can't be running the show 
and have progress. You can't achieve anything outside of somebody being performative who feels that way. Get her out. The filing continues with other complaints, including unsafe and unsanitary conditions in the show's supposedly luxe villa, which they deemed realistically as a ramshackle, dilapidated ranch with inadequate plumbing and inoperable bathrooms. So this luxury villa that we see with the bright beds and the bathrooms, they're saying it's, it doesn't even have plumbing that works. And it's a dilapidated ranch. So what we're being sold is a bag of shit with a bow on it because we have no idea what they're living like. A meeting was scheduled for Crestwell and Rinks to air their grievances in a safe space, quote, quote, but the two were fired after expressing their concerns and felt that the whole meeting was a scam. This is what I mentioned earlier. The show that many have come to know and love revolves around contestants coupling up in a resort-like villa and living together. Each week, both Islanders and fans vote, prompting eliminations and an ultimately victorious couple who have the chance to take home $100,000. Let's see. A spokesperson for ITV America told People that this is a frivolous attack at an opportunistic moment. Time to the season five debut made by two former employees who were terminated for cause purely in relation to their job performance. While the spokesperson also deemed every claim as false and defended Love Island USA's commitment to diversity, in quotes again, they also shared that they look forward to defending against these claims in a court of law. The fifth season of Love Island USA airs on Peacock on a nightly basis. So they're saying, basically, in the end, what their spokesperson is saying is every allegation made against us is not true. These people are lying. We never did this. And while we are committed to diversity, we are going to defend ourselves for being racist in the court. That's basically what that's saying. That's what that says to me, listening. So knowing all of this, I just wanted to talk about it because we need to know like the context of what's happening with these reality shows we're watching. We're seeing like we just saw Love is Blind. We've seen The Bachelorette in the past. We, we've seen these huge um, reality shows on these huge platforms owned by ABC and Disney and HBO and whatever streaming service. And at the top, we are seeing racism, sexism, bigotry, homophobia, transphobia. We are seeing all of it. And without calling this out, it only makes sense that they employ people to work for them who uphold this, okay? And without drawing attention to it, everybody who comes on TV to be entertaining is subjecting themselves to inhumane conditions. And, you know, it starts to feel like a little bit guilty to watch. I don't want to watch people get exploited. I I really don't. While I enjoy reality television, the reality is I don't enjoy exploitation. And when I learn something, it makes it harder for me to be complacent and to continue supporting that franchise. 
unfortunately, I was changing subjects now. I was just watching the show, which is called Gypsy Sisters on TLC, and I thought it was great. I thought it had drama. It reminded me like a lot of shows that used to come on on TLC. And I'm learning that, you know, that term gypsy is a slur. Um, So here I am backtracking on, you know, the show that I was just interested in because I've learned that that's not appropriate and that people from the Romanian culture found that show extremely offensive, disturbing. Um, It reinforced stereotypes that don't depict their culture. So it's all about just taking acknowledgement. Um, I won't be covering that show anymore. Like I said, I watched the show before I knew that this was sort of like, uh, what should we call it? White people appropriating culture as white people so often do. Um, I thought the show was good. Now that I know that and now that I'm more aware, all I can do is share that with you and um, all of my listeners. So won't be covering that show. Now that I'm aware, won't be using that word either. Apologies for using it to describe the show, but I don't really know how to say the show without saying the word. So um, won't be covering that anymore. Not to mention one of those sisters from that show, from Martinsburg, is in jail. So she's in jail anyways. That show is out. Let's get into Love Island. Thank you for sticking with me through this rant. It's important, like I said, to draw these connections between reality television and our own lives because while a lot of us watch reality TV for escapes... There's a lot of it that we use to apply to our lives, whether you're watching Married at First Sight or whether you're watching The Bachelorette and you suddenly become aware of, oh, wow, this is what that red flag looks like played out. This is what a healthy communication style looks like. Oh, I like what that therapist suggested. We're taking things and we're learning and applying them to our lives. So as things happen, I'm going to talk about them. (sighs) Getting into it. So... Whoever thought Bergie should come back, I don't know why. I don't know why we brought this man back. I don't want to be mean, but Bergie doesn't have a connection here. I said it last time. If you haven't listened to my prior Love Island recap, go back and listen. Bergie's match is in his state. He doesn't need to leave his town even. He, he, he could go back to his high school sweetheart if she's still single, you know, Berkey's wasting my time. And not only that, but he's not confident enough to just come back in and like, I don't know, spit game and like win over the ladies. Like he's more just the friend that you would always have to prep to like, you'd have to be his wingman. That's how I think that mostly everybody in that villa views Berkey. Um, So I don't know why they brought him back. Let me get a Dr. Pepper. I'm going to be right back. Okay. Oh, I got a cherry Coke instead. Yum. Little mini cans. All right. Carmen and Hannah, first bombshells entering the villa. And let's see what their signs are because I found this really cool account called Cosmic Blondie that somebody mentioned to me under one of my TikToks when I was talking about Love is Blind back in the day. 
So we've got Carmen, who is a Taurus sun. And then we've shut the fuck up. Hannah's a Taurus sun too. Okay. So we've got two Tauruses and their rising signs. Let's see. Oh no, they don't have their rising signs. Okay. That's okay. So both of them are Tauruses. Despite having two Taurus in my life that I love and care for, I just don't typically like Tauruses on reality television. So that's not to say I won't love them, but Chelsea left such a bad taste in my mouth being so over the top and suffocating that I just, Tauruses just give me anxiety. All right. So naturally Carmen the blonde girl who looks kind of like Margot Robbie, but more like the actress from Scream 6, the professor who gets killed immediately. She looks doppelganger. She's got the laminated eyebrows that are like super, you know, furry. She's gorgeous, mind you, but she's got the same eyebrows, the the dark brow, bright blue eyes, icy blonde hair. They look one and the same. Look them up and tell me I'm wrong. Anyways... Leo gets chosen for a date by Carmen, and Cassie was basically disappointed. (laughs) Like, Cassie is so into Leo, and I don't think it's about Leo as much as it's about, like, Cassie wants a connection immediately. Like, Cassie doesn't want to be rejected. Cassie doesn't want to be alone, which I I can totally understand and relate to. So I I don't know if it's about Leo or if it's just about wanting that secured connection immediately and wanting to feel chosen. So she's a little pissed, but she has the self-awareness to know that Leo likes blondes. And Leo... Ugh, Leo. Leo is a red flag. I'm trying to think of how I say this. Leo doesn't strike me as the type of black man who wants to date another black woman, which is a red flag to me. He looks like the type of guy based and not looks. When I say looks, I mean, he acts like and has says the verbiage of somebody who goes after blonde girls or Latinas. That's just the vibe that I get from him immediately. Cassie being his choice, you know, it doesn't surprise me. Um, So, I'm not surprised that his ego is fueled by the fact that Carmen picks him for this date. You can tell that he's fucking stoked. Anyways, he reveals that his last relationship was with a girl who was blonde with blue-green eyes. Ding, ding, ding. What did I just say? He looks like that type of guy because he is. He's dated probably all white girls before who look like Margot Robbie. Anyways... Marco immediately starts disrespecting Destiny, as I unfortunately predicted would happen. And this is why I talked about the racism that took place on Love Island UK and, you know, Love Island US season four. When people say, why bring race into it? Because it's almost always relevant in how situations play out, people act. Um, As I mentioned Black women are always, on not always, unfortunately, a lot of times, black women on television shows, we don't get to see them made the main characters, treated fairly, 
um, being given suitable partners who prioritize them and, you know, treat them like companions and equals. We see them picked last and put in friendship groups and then not chosen ultimately for someone who is fairer skinned, a Latina, a blonde, white girl, white girl who is spicy, quote unquote. That's what we see. So Marco, I already felt a red flag from him and I didn't want Destiny to pair up with him because he looks like a fuck boy. He wears a do-rag for his perm. I, I, I just got bad vibes. Anyways, he starts telling Destiny that he wants to let her know that he's going to talk to other girls. Destiny, having kissed him just the night before, is like... You should have told me this prior to us kissing. Like, if you knew that you were going to go explore other connections, you should have let me know before you and I kissed and not sealed the night with a kiss to wake up the next day and tell me this is going on. And essentially, he says that he was being respectful by letting her know it all um, and basically kind of making her feel like she should be lucky that he's even telling her. To which Destiny, this was one of my favorite scenes in any show. She lets him know that he is not being respectful. Like, I hate when men do that. They always say, like, I'm being respectful or no disrespect. And then they're completely disrespectful. Like, just because you say that what you're doing is respectful doesn't mean that it is. Because if it's not, and if ultimately I feel disrespected, you are still being disrespectful. So anyway, she tells him he's not disrespectful. He should have told her and she doesn't respect him. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Destiny, know your worth because you're beautiful. She's got two degrees. Like, are you fucking kidding me, Marco? Ugh. So anyways, he throws a little tantrum in his pillow, which we don't care about. And then... He goes and talks to the guys about the conversation they had. And his biggest qualm with everything is that Destiny called him a macho man. She's like, okay, whatever, you know, go and act like a macho man around this villa and, you know, entertain girls like you were just doing before. And he has an issue with that because his masculinity is frail and fragile as well as his ego Um, and he can degrade people but it it can't be done towards him so he tells all the guys that he's not a macho man he doesn't walk around the villa you know trying to puff his chest out and show dominance and peacock to everybody and to that I say bullshit he walks around eyes open because he's naturally got those bright eyes teeth out like put your teeth away teeth out the whole time like I don't know if he has like just genuinely that good teeth or veneers but just put them the fuck away it's giving chip from fairly odd parents where he like talks about his shiny teeth and me that's Marco so he keeps the teeth out all the time he is puffing his chest destiny calls him on it and he's offended After that, the guys come back from their dates that they had. So Leo was on a date, and he completely ignores Cassie. Like, he comes in hyped. Like, woo, woo, hey, and just goes right over to the guys and ignores Cassie. This lights her the fuck up, because what she pictured in her mind is him coming back from the date, 
giving her a kiss, apologizing for not saying bye before the date, and letting her know it's all good. She has nothing to worry about. He will always choose her. How do I know that? I'm a woman. Like this, like, like I, that's what everybody wants. Inherently, that's what all of us want. We want to be told that. Don't like Leo. I want to say that Cassie is just doing too much. Like it's, it's literally maybe day two, maybe even, you know, day three at the max and her ownership and level of possessiveness towards Leo is like an ick for me. Like it would be for me. So she expects way too much, way too fast. Um, and she really just strikes me as someone that goes all in, which is fine. I don't, I'm not going to bash any other woman, but that's what I'm noticing. She goes all in. Some people are like that. Some people will hold out for three years before you'll know how they feel. And that's fine, but I'm here to talk about it. So anyways, Victor comes back Um and him and Hannah had a good date. She likes how he looks. It seems like they actually had a really good connection. Like, as I watched them talk, I did see the banter, um, UK term. I saw that the, the chemistry, it seemed like they had a deep conversation. So I, I, I can kind of see this. Anyways, Leo and Carmen, however... That I can't see. I don't think Carmen was into him at all. I think she realized how kind of cocky he is after speaking with him. Um, just not her type of guy. And she's not into it. So anyways, he is professing how deep his conversation was. And basically, you can tell that he's the type of person who love bombs a woman based off of her looks. I just finished watching Married at First Sight. And I can't remember his name. But Katina, whoever was with Katina, he did that to her, love bombed immediately, and then had all of these issues, like right away. I, I have a huge hackles up to someone who love bombs right away. So Carmen basically, you know, talks about how she has alpha energy and men are intimidated by her. And I can see that. But also, it's how physically attractive she is. Like, she is the type of girl who looks like she would model or be an influencer. Some girls, you know, are gorgeous. No shade to myself, but you don't look at me and think, oh my god, do you model for Revolve or Pretty Polly or whatever that one company's called? Polly Pocket. Like, no, neither. No, no one's really looking at me and guessing that right away because I'm not laminating my eyebrows and you know doing all of the things but she looks great so yes she's intimidating she nails that you're right once again Marco tries to talk to Destiny and she doubles down on the fact that she does not respect him which I already said just because you say you're being respectful it doesn't mean you are if you're not honoring someone's boundary of what they consider being respectful, then you're not. You know, respect is kind of a two-way street. Like, sure, I guess you have to give it to get it. But also, people have different interpretations of that in relationships. So, Leo and Anna are holding hands. And 
this is like, what the fuck? Where did Anna come from? Like, he has three, he's got Cassie, he thinks he's got Carmen, and then he's got Anna. Another blonde, blue eyes, white girl. Like, Leo is a hot mess. Anna kind of gives me the creeps. She reminds me kind of personality-wise. Is Anna a Taurus? Okay, so Anna's not a Taurus, but she's a Gemini, which can go either fucking way. So it ends, the episode ends, with Hannah and Carmen getting a text that they can steal a boy in 24 hours, and they can decide to either keep it secret or tell the house so that the other girls kind of know that their positions could be in jeopardy. They decide they're going to keep it a secret, which I don't hate. I don't blame you. You don't want to start drama. You don't want anyone to treat you any differently. I don't I don't hate it for the first weeks. So they decide not to tell anybody, which leads us into the next episode. We hear about Marco describing the type of girl that he's into, okay? And building upon my issues with Marco and how I felt like he was viewing destiny. He describes his perfect woman as being tan skin, dark hair, dark features. Um, you know, specifically being interested in Hannah, who is lighter skinned, possibly Latina. Um, I, I really can't say, not not sure, but um, he's basically he's basically confirming what I said, which is he's colorist. He views destiny, in his opinion, as not his 100% perfect match type because his perfect type is someone who looks like Carmen. And that's exactly the type of person that he looked like he would be. He shouldn't have been casted. It tells me that that executive producer from season four is still on doing the casting and not giving a fuck how the black women on this season are treated. I already know that allegations are going to come out and we're going to hear about this after this season is over. So get Marco out. He fucking annoys me. Carmen tells Victor that she's a self-proclaimed nerd and that she likes comic books and The Hobbit. I feel like every girl who looks like a supermodel likes Lord of the Rings, comic books, and The Hobbit. To the point where it's almost like, like quirky, like, okay, do you really, like, do you really? But I'm also kind of into it because I guess I can see like nerdy girl turns pretty, like summary turned pretty vibes, like turns, turns like whatever society views as the perfect woman one year. And then all of a sudden you get someone like Carmen. So I don't know. It's just something I've observed. The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. It seems like every supermodel is always, always into that. Anna and Jasmine try to teach Bergie how to have game and flirt with the girls so that he can attempt to talk to Carmen, the Margot Robbie lookalike. They're wasting their fucking breath. They're letting him know even further that he is the friend of the house. And like I said, Bergie just can go. He really just can go. I don't know if I already said this, but I'm on the next episode. Next episode. Bergie says that he was raised by his grandparents. And this is where I'm like, okay, I get you a little bit more. 
And I'm not saying that I don't like Bergie because I do. I really like his personality. I like his quirks. I think that Bergie could be the love of someone's life. I just don't think that she's on Love Island. I think he's attractive. I do think that people on Love Island tend to be a little bit more vain. And I don't think... I don't think he's going to find his missus right there. I think that what he's looking for is a little bit different. Anyways, appreciate the fact that Bergie was raised by his grandparents. Leo's basically sleeping with Cassie still and leading her on while also not trying to let anybody know who he's feeling the most, specifically Cassie. He wants to keep her right where he has her in his back pocket while letting Anna know that he feels the strongest connection with her while also shooting eyes over at Carmen. You know, he's trying to keep all three girls in separate pots. And you know that if you have three pots on the same stove, guess what? One of them's going to burn. One of them's going to boil over. Too much. Too much. So his downfall is fucking coming. Cassie is basically mad when she sees Leo and Anna's kiss. And then she's also mad at Anna. And I get that. I already knew she would be mad at Leo because we already said that she goes all in. And Anna is kind of a backstabber for that. Like, I don't feel like she's being as clear with Cassie about being interested in Leo Um, as she should be and I feel like it's kind of that vibe like getting a little bit of triumph or you know like validation out of the fact that he's picking her people have that deep down within so I don't know in the game Bergie and Hannah kiss and he looks like a horrible kisser horrible Hannah says that she enjoyed it but doesn't look like it. Then he has a kiss with Carmen. Also doesn't look like she enjoys it. Like, I just don't know that Bergie has that much game on camera. He could be totally different off camera, but the confidence on camera to do what some of the other men have done, like Tommy Fury in the past years, like it's not, it's not happening. Um, Keenan and KK were one of my favorite couples. Um, I love them together. I think they're really cute. And I think that the names sound really cute together. After they play the game and start all the drama with the different kisses, Sarah walks in and reveals that Hannah and Carmen have the ability to steal someone's partner. Basically, Carmen steals Victor. Jasmine looks, you know, like visibly upset. And Hannah steals Marco from Destiny, which Destiny didn't want him anyways. He's not shit. You can have him, Hannah. Leo and Cassie's face, though, when Hannah, I'm sorry, when Carmen was picking was absolutely hilarious. They both thought that he was going to get picked. And he really thinks he has it like that. That minimal effort will just get him every girl that he wants. Leo, right now you're pissing me off, and I wanted to really like you. Next episode. Carmen and Victor are talking to each other, and he basically lets her know 
that him and Jasmine shared a kiss. And even though they shared a kiss, he's feeling bad about it in regards to his relationship with Carmen. And he just kind of wants her to be aware that it happened. And it was more out of obligation and mannerisms and, you know, not wanting to reject uh, her when asked when she asked for a kiss than it is about them sharing passion, which totally, Victor, like, fuck you. No matter how nice you say that with your accent, that's totally fucking rude to Jasmine, who is being very patient, in my opinion, during all of this. Continuing on to the train of mess, Leo and Cassie have a sit-down, and Cassie breaks it off. She's like, I had no idea how into Anna you were. Um, She didn't let me know. You didn't let me know. So I'm good here. And he pretty much says, yeah, it's mutual. Um, I'm good here, too. We're done. And he tries to let her know, like, simultaneously after he's already been broken up with, like, immediately after that he's also breaking up with her. It's like, Leo... Take the fucking L. You just got broken up with. She broke up with you. Let it pass. Move on to the next. You've got two on the back burner. Basically one because the other one doesn't want you. So he tries to do an uno reverse on the breakup and bring it back and act like he broke up first. And then we see Destiny happy to have her own bed and not be in something toxic, which is, to be honest, what's coming for Cassie soon, not being with somebody who's toxic and hopefully maybe just having your own bed. So once again, hats off to Destiny. Fuck Marco. Fuck sharing a bed with someone and being uncomfortable. She's got her own bed and she's out of that. Victor goes and tries to talk to Jasmine after his conversation with Carmen. And she's pretty much like, I'm good right now. I'm good. I just saw you guys over there. And I don't need to be fucking humiliated and told as to why our kiss meant nothing to you and, you know, you're going to pick other relationships. She doesn't say all of that. She's just basically like, yeah, I'm good right now. Um, I don't want to talk right now. And so he walks his fucking humbled ass away and she continues to sit there and talk with her friends. Another clap, round of applause Four women standing up for themselves. Jasmine does not need to talk to Victor on his own terms to make him feel good while he tells her disappointing news, which is what he wanted. He's, he wants to go over there and have her be like, oh, it's okay. I get it. You're just doing what you have to do. Thanks for being respectful. No, fuck you. Go sit over and talk with Carmen some more about The Hobbit. I don't give a fuck. Do you guys like how I just voice these for them? Like, I get so into it. I'm like, fuck this. If I was a producer, I would be riling all the drama in a positive way and telling these men when they're fucking it up. Cassie starts having a conversation sneakily as fuck with Keenan, who I already said that I love with KK. She goes off and says that Who are you attracted to? You're the only other person that I was interested in. He's like, what the fuck? You're the only other person besides KK I was interested in. And I'm like, you two are so sneaky. Cassie was just upset at Anna for not being a good friend and letting her know feelings for Leo. And then fast forward to her talking 
behind her closest friend's back with the strongest connection in the house. This was my issue with Cassie from early on is I could just see that coming. And I don't truly have any ill will or truly dislike her, but hopefully things get better because right now you are not a girl's girl, Cassie. You are all about that male validation. And that's just proof in the pudding that we have such a young cast on Love Island. And they do that on purpose, I know, to infuriate old listeners like me. Anna uses this voice that just creeps me the fuck out. She's like, I only have eyes for you, baby. Baby, I only have eyes for you. Like, she gets this, like, nasally windpipe thing going on. So she's, like, with Leo and her, like, long nails. And she's just looking like... Like, Anna looks like me in the winter, like, when I, like, need, like, a lot of lotion on. Like, Anna's just looking a little bit crusty. She's like, I only have eyes for you, baby. And it's just just as creepy as I'm saying. If I was Leo, I would immediately be like, what the fuck am I doing with this? So, flash over to KK and Keenan having a conversation where he has to come clean and let her know that Cassie's attracted to him and he's attracted to her. Keenan said that if any other girl in the house would have approached him, he would have not been interested in her, but because it's Cassie, he was interested. And I don't know how I feel. I guess in a respectful, perfect world, Keenan would have told Cassie nothing, had the conversation with KK where he let her know that Cassie's interested in him. He didn't say anything back, but he he was interested in her prior. Um, he doesn't want to lose their connection, but it's week one, and it would be a disservice for them to both not at least talk to other people to see if there's something there. That would be a perfect world. That's not what happens, though. You know, essentially, the way that he breaks it to her... She's upset, and I don't blame her. There's really no perfect way to break this information. She's not interested in anybody else in the house. They, like I said, have the strongest connection. It's just disappointing. So she walks away in tears, and I feel for her. I know it's early days, but this did seem like a solid couple. I'm always rooting for black love. This was the only black couple in the house and I was rooting for the two of them together so I never want to see black women down I never want to see them upset it makes me sad to see KK not feel chosen even for a couple of moments I hope that that fixes itself or I hope somebody fine comes in the house for KK Jasmine and Anna confirm that Cassie is shady and owed her respect and on pulling her before talking to Keenan. And that's the part where I agree with Anna. And I'm like, okay, sometimes you're a girl's girl. Because yes, they hype up KK and they're like, yeah, 100% Cassie should have told you that's shady as fuck. Cassie is tripping right now basically because she just ended things with leo and she's grasping at straws to find a connection and stay here and you know right now she's looking at keenan 
And that does kind of feel like what's happening. So we'll see how that plays out. KK says that she always puts too much faith in people and it bites her in the ass. And I love how Jasmine and Anna both tell her like that that's the best part about her is her ability to have faith in people and to never change that because that really is true. Like having faith in people and expecting people to do the right thing in situations where your safety isn't at stake is a good way to live and a good way to kind of put people at ease around you. Um, you know, it's it's a quality that a lot of people don't have. There's a lot of pessimists, a lot of people who think the worst of others. So protect that mentality at all costs. Protect KK. Destiny said that in a one-on-one that the guys have had ample time to have women just at their beck and call. There's an abundance of them. And the tables better turn soon. And Marco better hope that they don't turn while she's in the house because she's going to make him eat his words, essentially. And I'm living for it. Fuck you, Marco. And the men in the house are so cocky and arrogant right now, treating the women like it's their decision, like like who they stay in a relationship with, and like all these women just want me. Fuck you guys. Get it out. The new boy comes and has kisses with people. We don't really see his face aside from when I believe KK takes his mask off for a kiss. After Keenan uses the game as an opportunity to kiss Cassie, which he didn't need to do, KK's like, all right, fuck it. I'm going to kiss the new guy. So he comes in. He looks a lot like Mitch from Perfect Match, who was talking with Chloe a lot. So he looks a lot like him. They share a passionate kiss. He's really nothing that catches my eye. I would have hoped for like more men or something better. But it's early days in it, and better people could be coming out. To be determined if I continue watching this season. Um, if just more and more and more information comes out, I'm going to be skeptical with the entire franchise. Um, but, you know... This is the show that everybody wanted to hear covered, so as I cover it, I just will be covering my feelings and talking about things that I think all of us should be aware of. If you want to read that article, just Google Love Island Racism on Decider.com. You'll find it easily. You can hear and read, you know, the producers, the ex-producers' words, um, you know, yourself, so... I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you enjoyed me kind of burping it up as I just am drinking this uh, cherry Coke. Sorry to everybody for the little gaps. Um, love all of you. It's been a beautiful Sunday here. It's super hot. I hope everybody has a great start to their week. Let me know what you're watching. Tonight is Real Housewives of New York. Episode two, I have high hopes. And then tomorrow is The Bachelorette, which is back on for 8 p.m., Thank God. News coming soon on plans for me to start a Twitch. I want to stream the old reality shows. I don't know how I'm going to do things, but just stay posted. I'm going to provide the link. We can watch shows together, comment on them. I think it'll be really fun, really cool way to bond with everyone. If you love this episode, as always, rate me five stars on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and share this with a friend. Love you.